that sounds. Whoa. Whoa. How what sounds? The, the introduction to our podcast, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's how Kill All Your Friends sounds. That, that's so right. Mm-hmm. God, okay. okay. I haven't heard it in a while. Welcome. So. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the pod. Welcome back to Honey, This Podcast Isn't Big Enough for the Two of Us. My name's Merit. My name's EJ. And we have an even more professional podcast set up for you guys oh today. We're looking right gosh. into each other's eyes it's across a desk, which is like kind of uncomfortable, actually. We're like not usually this close to each no. other. It's really an intimate podcast I recording really, session. It's, like, it's already so intimate. <laughs> I can't believe this. Um, we're boosting the sound every time. Mm-hmm. Every time I have to figure out how to turn on the recording for each of the microphones. Hilarious. Hey, it's, this is your second time doing exactly. it. Yeah. You, today I didn't turn it on. than last yeah. time. That's true. That's correct. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little sleepy today because the gym kicked my ass. Yeah. Fucked up that when you go there, you get tired. I know. Isn't that messed up? Terrible. It's so, yeah. so bad. Yeah. I know. And then, but then it also like makes you feel good in your body sometimes, but then also makes you feel bad in your body sometimes. Both at the same time. Anyway. Can we have one thing? Can we have one thing? (laughs) This one thing we're supposed to do for our health, quote unquote. Fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. How are you? I'm good. It's hot here, unfortunately. It's finally. I know whatever. It's EJ's not. from Texas and hey loves guys, to be like, it's not hot. If and you're I'm like, not it's from Maine, five degrees. <laughs> it's only eighty-five degrees, okay, and whatever. everyone thinks it's whatever. hot. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Just because it isn't a hundred degrees, hot police over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, the heat police. The heat police. That's what I'm doing. Emily, now. heat police, Jetmore. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wait, can I brag about something real quick? Please brag about something. Um, Frank Iero gave me a guitar. He, d- <laughs> he didn't give it to me. I purchased it from him. Uh, he specifically, he opened his little his little eBay trash store and said, these are for everyone else, but Emily, this one's for you. <laughs> this one's for me. This one's for you. Yeah, EJ yeah. bought a guitar I got from a guitar. Frank's trash store. Guys, it's so nice. Yeah. Frank sold a whole bunch of old sweaty clothes and then also some really nice guitars. Yeah, for like yeah. not very much money. For not very much money. Those like, guitars were like really reasonably priced. If I was, yeah. I, I own one other guitar. It is a um, Squire Mustang. Yeah. And it cost me 100 like bucks, right? $100. Yeah. It was the cheapest guitar I could find yeah. when I was like early pandemic looking for an electric guitar. Learned how to play guitar on that. And now I have a very nice guitar yeah. that I did not pay that much money for. That's really exciting. It's sick. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really exciting. It's so great to like um, level up from a beginner's instrument and be like, oh shit. Like if you spend like 400 or 500 bucks on an instrument, it like there's a noticeable difference, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm really excited about. And I also got an amp that went on tour with them. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. A little, a little baby a bus little Marshall amp. amp. And it sounds so bright and kicky. And nice. it's great. That's I'm awesome. Playing music. I'm real happy. So what are we doing today? Hey, we have a cool episode for you today. It's one that we've talked about a lot. Dude, we've been fucking teasing this shit for yeah. like at this point, literally months. I was thinking about it. I had this idea right after I crashed my car, which was in August of last year. Oh, that's so a long time. So it's been kicking around for a minute. Before we even saw My Chemical Romance live. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So um, this episode, we're going to talk about angels. And we're we going to talk about the play Angels in America. We did. We are. We, <laughs> we've already done it. We've already done it. <laughs> we're done. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk about that. Yeah. I, we. So we read the play. 
we were going to watch it on the National Theater, but it's so, so long. So we decided to read it. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It is so, so beautiful. And it's a quick read, too. Yeah, like, it's pretty it is, quick. Because it's a play. Like, yeah. reading a play is pretty easy. It yeah. is. But it is, for those who don't know, notorious for being an incredibly long, like, stage production. Like, yeah. each act is four hours. Right. Stupid. Yeah. Super, um, super long. Yeah. We read it, and then we immediately went, how? Hey, how does this relate to My Chemical Romance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We went, did we get it over our heads? And then we talked about it for a moment, and we realized we are not. There's so much here, so much so that we're going to do a two-part episode. Right. So we are. we're just going to record the first part right now. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get around to the second part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... This part is going to be kind of about like just introducing the play. We're going to talk a little bit about religion in this, um, as well as some things inherent to religion, some ideas like revelation and prophecy and things like that. Um, and then in the next episode, we're going to connect it to illness because we've been talking about doing an illness episode for a long time. It's yeah, a lot totally. about AIDS. So it's, yeah, we have to talk about illness in order to talk about this show, but there's also a lot of like interesting religion things and other things separate from that. So I'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit today. Yeah. So should we introduce the play? Why are we fucking talking Why about this play? Why are we talking about this play? Yeah. This play has a lot of themes that are obviously very connected to MCR and we'll uncover that as we talk about it. Yeah. But the initial reason that we started thinking about this play in relation to the band is because the angel that is on the California 2019 shirt is an actual like angel sculpture that is in Central Park. Yeah. It's in the Bethesda Fountain. And this angel is also in Angels in America. It's referenced yeah. in Angels in America. It's in the closing scene. Yeah. It's important. So that connection's really interesting. And then we also noticed that that angel's been on older merch too. Yeah. That angel was on Revenge merch. So that particular angel is clearly important to the band for some reason. Right. So what's up with that? Yeah. And then also just like as a band that uses a lot of Catholic imagery, they talk about angels a lot. There's like a lot of angel name dropping. Not a name dropping. Right. <laughs> but but angel dropping. Angel dropping. Yeah. There's a lot of angel droppings in MCR. Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> um, Yuck. What are angel <laughs> droppings like? Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> um, it's pearls. Ew. <laughs> Shall we begin? Let's let's begin at the beginning. Let's begin at the beginning. Okay, great. The 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 play. What's the play about? It's a beautiful play. It's, it's so by Tony gorgeous. Kushner. We can also post a link to this play if you yeah. want to read it. It is very easily accessible. I can I'll hook you all up with a yeah. PDF and go to town. Yeah. So what's it about? It's about a, a handful of characters, namely Prior Walter, who is kind of a flaming gay trust fund baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, kind uh-huh. of a flaming gay trust fund baby. Yeah, living in everyone's living in New York in this. Um, it's, and it, let's set the scene. It's New York. It's, it's New the York. late eighties. It's the late eighties. Yeah. I wonder what's happening in New York in the late eighties for gay people. That yes, yeah, AIDS, AIDS, it's AIDS. Spoiler. Yeah. So we follow Pryor is really the main character. Um, his boyfriend Lewis is also a central character. Yep. As well as Joe, who mm-hmm. is a Mormon guy who's working in the same building as Lewis. Joe's wife, Harper, Belize, who is uh, Pryor and Lewis's friend. 
and Pryor and Billy's did drag together back in the day, yep. which is kind of an aside that yeah. I love. And those are really the central and Roy Cohn. characters. Oh, and Roy Cohn. How could I forget? Roy Cohn, real life person, real, Roy Cohn. <laughs> real historical figure, did the whole Ethel Rosenberg case. Uh, so I didn't know about yeah. the Ethel Rosenberg case. At what? all? No. Oh my so God. So I read this and I was like, is Roy Cohn a real person? Yeah. So I'm sure other people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. What is it? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? The Ethel Rosenberg case? Yeah. I can give you what I remember from AP US history. That's perfect. So <laughs> it's the 1950s. Yeah. Red Scare. Ethel Rosenberg and her husband, whose first name I forget, were somehow involved in some kind of communist plot and were both sentenced to death to the electric chair um, for this, um, given a long, I think it was an investigation by Joseph McCarthy, and this is where the term McCarthyism comes from for the whole Red Scare shit. So these are, I think, people just who had socialist sympathies who were murdered by the state. And Roy Cohn. Yeah is a lawyer he's a big boy business mm-hmm. lawyer and he was prosecuting them. right yeah right so he's the one who sentenced her to death yeah so he's in it and he sucks and he sucks and, so and he sucks. is is gay yeah but not publicly mm-hmm. and he would not identify as gay no he wouldn't he would. he's just like i'm just a man who fucks men mm-hmm. right there's a really cool part where he's talking about how he's not homosexual because he has status right and crazy he has clout it's impossible yeah Right? I know. Can't be gay if if you're a lawyer. Can't be gay if you're important. Right? (laughs) So true. Yeah. So some really interesting political stuff in this show, obviously the 80s are an extremely fraught political time every fucking period what else is happening in the 80s reagan 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 the rise of the neoconservative movement is happening in the 80s and that is also happening in this play right and there's also um like early climate stuff yeah going on there is um discussions about the ozone layer like climate is an issue in this which right you wouldn't anticipate from a book that was published or from a play that was published in like 91 yeah right i know to handle it the same way it does yeah Yeah. the 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 impetus for the play is that prior gets aids right correct sure Prior gets aids he gets sick um and then lewis leaves him dealing with these relationships and abandonment and change and movement is yeah should we introduce joe and harper too sure so prior gets aids lewis leaves him joe is married to harper who has a very visible um mental illness is a housewife takes a lot of pills is clearly an addict and joe mormon works in the office of roy Cohn, is gay or bisexual who's to say queer in some way um but likes men and was never attracted to harper mm-hmm. is what he says yeah. it's dealing with these two main relationships and their interpersonal conflicts um throughout the show yeah and a lot of the unexpected things that these people have in common with right each other yeah 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 okay so that's the play so that's the intro to the show what next what next so in the play um religion is a major focus we yeah. have characters from a lot of different religious backgrounds um lewis lewis is jewish prior is christian but not like practicing but that's his background um and joe is mormon yeah and um angels are present in all of the traditions of of these religions yeah so we were kind of like when reading this show we were like we should like know more about like angels in the major religions that are being talked about in this show Mm -hmm. because 
neither well you have a history in going to church yes yeah yeah I was raised Methodist and I did go to church every Sunday against my will but I did go but I didn't pay very close attention yeah. so I don't know <laughs> if I can really give you that much right. but yeah that is a, my quasi-religious upbringing yeah yeah so a lot Mormon but like a Midwest a Midwest religious upbringing mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. um I was not raised, raised religious at all so we were like we should do a, we should understand what's going on yeah (laughs) yeah um so we're gonna do that Mm -hmm. let's do it let's talk about angels let's talk about angels okay cool um i think we should also mention that like these religions stack on top of each other in a way like like as far as written materials are concerned like yeah the the hebrew bible is um i don't know if all of it is the old testament i'm not sure but that's it's a big chunk of it i know like the torah is in common then the New Testament builds on that for Christians. And then the Book of Mormon is an additive on top of right. the Old and New Testament. So they they, they kind of iterate on each other and share some things and have their own unique things as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we're mostly going to be focusing on like the Abrahamic religions yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's start with, yeah, let's talk about angels and Judaism first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angels first appear in the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. And something I learned today that I didn't know is that in Hebrew, the word for angel is essentially just means messenger. Mm. In the Hebrew Bible specifically, it doesn't like denote a difference between a divine or human messenger. Mm. But you get that later in Latin, which distinguishes like the divine from the human. So like in the initial Hebrew Bible, there's like not a Hebrew translation for the word angel in English, oh, cool. which is really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know this. This is not necessarily important, but yeah, just an interesting, interesting thing. Yeah. yeah, just an interesting Translation thing. is so interesting. It really is. What were they talking about? We can't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, That's right. crazy. No, exactly, because translation is so muddy, and yeah. like you're only going to ever approximate things. So unless you are reading the Hebrew Bible in Hebrew as it was written, the things that we have translations of are never going to be direct translations. They're yeah. all going to be different from one another, which is why the Bible is like a work in progress, and there have been so many translations of it. So angels in the Hebrew Bible and in Judaism, in my understanding of it, is that they are playing the role of a messenger, essentially. Mm -hmm. This is true in a lot of the Abrahamic religions. Like also in, I learned in Jewish apocalyptic literature, angels play the roles of teachers kind of, which I think we definitely see in this show. Um, There's like enigmatic and terrifying prophetic visions, essentially, Mm -hmm. that like appear to humans that then need heavenly guidance from the angels to understand what they've witnessed. So this is a really common theme through like through these texts. Yeah, in in general, they're messengers translating the word of God to humans or healing people from impurities or teaching them something. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of healing. Yeah. Yeah. And like telling people that something is going to transpire. I right. think this like kind of warning or like you're involved in this, so we need you to do this. Right. Um, that's a lot of the messages that I think get sent. Um, another thing that I was thinking about, like one specific angel that I think um, the the Hebrew Bible and Christianity have in common is uh, the angel that Jacob wrestles, which is also yeah. referenced in the play. So Jacob wrestling the angel is uh, like early Israelite before there's Israel is like going down a river and he's alone and then this he wrestles some human figure i i the the again the translation is all wacky but i think what it boils down to is that he defeats this angel or at least deadlocks this angel 
um, and is given, uh, is released and is given a blessing in this way. And it's this kind of like honor, like you were a man, but you also confronted the divine in this way. And uh, I was reading later in the play that uh, this is like in the footnotes at the end, um, that the translation for the word bless can also be read as like more life. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, the, this this continuation of life as a gift from the angel or from, as uh, something that the person wins for themselves. So for in Catholicism, the function of the angel or the angelic host is like expressed as the word assistance. So it's like said that angels are in a perpetual occupation, essentially. So they're like standing before God's throne in this perpetual occupation. So the appearances of angels, as we've mentioned, like in Jacob wrestling the angel, Mm -hmm. they're usually like they last only as long as the delivery of their message requires. Mm. But sometimes their mission is prolonged and they're represented as the constituted guardians of the nations of some particular crisis. We see this in the show where it says angel of the kingdom of Uh blank. That is um, actually how that is represented in the Bible and in scripture. Cool. Um, That's interesting because I think when we were talking about Jewish angels, those were like strictly messengers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're making a turn towards guardians and protectors. Yes. In Catholicism. Totally. I think that that may be true. Yeah. 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 What about Mormonism? Yeah, Mormonism. Oh, wait, I have another angel. Angel moment. Um, (laughs) Another famous angel from Christianity, Gabriel, who tells Mary that she's going to have a weird little baby. It's not going (laughs) to be like the other ones. Um, So that's a messenger who's intervening in someone's life um, to, to... Warner. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I don't know why I've decided Jesus is a weirdo, but uh, <laughs> I know you were like, Jesus is a weird oh, little weird freak. little freak. Uh <laughs> we had also talked about in our in our um episode planning what makes angels different from saints. Yes. And I think we've talked about saints in the past. Yeah. Um and there is a stark difference, I think, that saints are mortal right correct like they are people who are human and then they die and then it's their soul that kind of becomes important angels are not human correct i i and i think some religions understand them as having been human at some point yeah in some cases but um usually that that's not the case they're they're divine saints similarly can appear to people um, I think that's something that they have in common. Saints can be messengers. Joan of Arc saw saints as well as angels. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, yeah. the Venn diagram there. Yeah, yeah. Like angels don't have bodies. They don't have like physical forms in that yeah. way, um, which I think is the main difference is like saints will like leave relics and mm-hmm, stuff like that mm-hmm. where they'll leave relic- whatever, reliquaries, whatever it is. Yeah. They leave pieces of their bodies on earth in churches as like holy rites yeah which obviously angels don't have the ability to do we don't have angel parts yeah, yeah. we don't have angel parts, we don't have angel parts. <laughs> yeah so that's catholicism christianity yeah. mormonism yeah so mormonism the angel is like front and center in yeah. mormonism uh so joseph smith father of mormonism the prophet of mormonism the og mormon uh is visited by an angel mm-hmm. moroni who uh gives him instructions for where to find golden tablets that have inscriptions on them okay and joseph smith's like all right bud and he goes out and he gets the tablets the angel comes back tells him how to translate them 
He translates them. The angel comes back, takes the tablets away. Very convenient. (laughs) (laughs) And no uh, one can find them because they took them back to heaven. Took them back to heaven. (laughs) They were done with them. So what gets translated off of the tablets is the Book of Mormon. Okay. Um, And that's where that text comes from. Yeah. um, In legend. So uh, Mormons also believe that angels are fully real. 100% real, no doubt. And that they don't have wings. They look exactly like people. And they can just pop up and and look like that. Yeah. Um, Another fun little angel thing from like early Mormonism is that like this angel has multiple witnesses. Mm. Like this angel has appeared to like other people who were close to Joseph Smith. They... Like other people testified to having seen this this being. Cool. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the the big angel from the big angel. The big, angel. <laughs> the big yeah. Mormon angel. And I I think that there are others, um, but I don't know about them. So yeah. that's those are your spark notes. Had a crush on a Mormon in high school. So So EJ knows this now yeah. because of that. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Jared Sprague. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Very neat. So there's your little, there's your brief <laughs> there's your skimming light theology yeah. lesson. All of this, I I think that this is somewhere where we could definitely dig deeper if yeah. we were like religious scholars. But like, right. I I am not, and I I don't know if I I I think my interests are better, <laughs> yeah, elsewhere. But yeah. um, that's what we've what we've dug up. Yeah. So now that we've chatted about what angels are. Or how they're represented. Shall we chat about My Chemical Romance? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Angels in MCR. What are they up to? How does it compare or contrast to the way that angels um, manifest in like Catholic imagery, especially? Because we know that these guys are Catholic or were raised Catholic. We're raised Catholic, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're influenced by that imagery and um tradition specifically new jersey italian catholic which is different from i mean kind of different italian catholic is it's like the pope right it's connected to the pope it's connected to a lot of those like real classic catholic traditions Mm -hmm. as opposed to like irish catholic and like whatever other branches of Catholicism and Christianity yeah it's it's just a place where it's uniquely a cultural practice right and those like images which we see MCR using of like for example like Our Lady of Sorrows like Mm. Mary like things like that like they use that imagery and invoke that imagery a lot which is something that's really present in Italian Catholic like churches imagery etc yeah where do we see angels in music by American rock band by Chemical Romance? You see that a lot. They're all over the place. They're flying mm-hmm. in here, dude. Oh, with their wings. With their fucking huge wings. Because they're angels. With their huge angel wings. <laughs> yeah, they're flying in. Um, so let's start with the mm-hmm. earliest one, which is Skylines and Turnstiles. The f- first song. The first one. We and got angels an angel. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically... Drogway is saying, hello, angel, tell me where are you? Tell me where we go from here. Mm-hmm. And this is a we, this is an angel being kind of entreated after a mass casualty event. Right. Like after something very huge and terrifying. Yeah. Um, what do we do? Give us some direction. Where's right. my message? Where's my message? Mm-hmm. Where's my message, yeah. dude? Gerard's kind of like, where the fuck is God? Where's God? Which is a great question to ask after 9-11, because yeah. what the fuck? Hi, I just saw something happen. Where is God? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Great start to MCR. <laughs> huge, huge start to MCR. Yeah. Um, so hang them high. So hang them high is the next one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, in hang them high, we have the lyric. The angels just cut out her tongue. Right. Mm-hmm. I would also like to connect in that song to the angels just cut out her tongue. Like the image of the angel immediately afterward. Um, Droid says, mass convulsions strike the choir by mm-hmm. the grace of God. Um, which I think is relevant yes. there. Angels often appear in choirs. Right. The, I was That was one thing that I was looking up earlier is like, what is a choir of angels? Mm-hmm. And it's a choir is like a like a like a division of angels. Like they're ranked. There are like nine levels of Yeah, they're them. hierarchical, yeah. There's a hierarchy. We did not get into the details it's of that. It's so complicated. It's so complicated. <laughs> and I don't want to read the Bible. I'm yeah. sorry. I did it once and I'm not going to do it again. Well, good for you. Yeah. It was my summer reading when I was like 12. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh-huh. The Midwest is insane. Yeah. It was, it's, parts of it are quite boring. Oh, it picks, I mean, no it picks shit, up, man. but yeah. like, mm. so in this song, um, the angels are punishing someone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. After all is said and done, oh, climb out of the pine box while I'm asking you, cause she's got nothing to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Climbing out of mm-hmm. cheating death cheating death Mm -hmm. and she's not right in the brain Mm -hmm. so here we have the first connection of like angels and like angelic figures and god and saints and stuff specifically to mental health Mm -hmm. i would say Mm -hmm. um we probably have had i don't know i mean there definitely is in the first album too but like this one directly connects angels and like angelic forces to like mental health she's not right in the brain yeah yeah you know yeah, um, and I think that this is also the this this she is the demolition woman, right? I think who's kind of think. possibly yeah, who's the Gerard she the strikes Ger- again? Is this a Gerard she? It yeah. is, dude. Yeah, this is yeah because we don't it really just comes know out what out of nowhere. Happening. It comes out yeah. of nowhere. He's like the angels just cut out her tongue. Who? <laughs> Black Mariah, I guess. Holler Black Mariah. Yeah. So a little unclear, but like this is this is a punishment being vested upon somebody yeah someone who's mm-hmm. um insane Unable to speak yeah and insane yeah supposedly yeah yeah that's saying i'm high interlude oh. I this love is interlude. i do too it's really grown on me i used to skip it but now i'm like i never skipped well I, I mean yeah if i'm listening to the album i never skip that yeah shit. yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah but saints protect her now mm-hmm. come angels of the Lord. The Lord. Come yeah. angels of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I was reading one thing, not to go back to what are angels in Catholicism or what are angels in Judaism, but angels of the, the, the angel of the Lord yeah. is a very specific angel. Yeah. Like it is a way of God's direct intervention in something versus like divine intervention broadly. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, that angel of the Lord, I think, is a specific like phrase that shows up again and again. I just caught that right now, um, but that's what's here. I don't know what consequence that has for interlude, but yeah. and well, it's angels of the Lord. Yeah. yeah, and then angels of the unknown, which I think is very mm. interesting <laughs> in comparison with that. Yeah. Yeah, because right? that's some other spooky non-god force right, exactly. that is similarly powerful. Where are they powerful. coming from? Ooh. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I always think of interlude as just like, like interlude just kind of a prayer. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Gerard is literally saying saints protect her now. Yeah. To me, it's like 
this is referencing the death of Gerard's grandmother in all mm-hmm. likelihood. Mm-hmm. Or or whoever, whatever. Yeah. Gerard is in Gerard or the speaker of this song is entreating entreating God, yeah. essentially. Like saints, please protect her. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's a prayer. Yeah. And I think there's this, I think the I love the unknown aspect of it. Like, yeah. what is, if this is someone who we're praying for after their death, like, the angels of the unknown, what is actually after that? There's, like, this degree of doubt in it, but also, like, please help. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Also, what is interlude and interlude between? What's the album order? Um, okay, it's between Jet Set and Venom. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious as to whether there was, like, any significance of having, like, an interlude between two specific songs, like, thematically. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know whether there is. Especially if it's between Jet Set and Venom on the final track listing. I, I wish know. I had my vinyl. Because I think it might be where you flip. Oh, is it? It might be. It might be. It's a, it's a prayer. We're, ha- yeah. we're taking a little break for a prayer in mm-hmm. the middle of this mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Is what and it means. is. it's about where the B-side would occur. And then... I never told you what I, I do for a living. I never told you... Touched by angels, though I fall out of grace. Yeah, this line slays so yeah. hard. Uh huh. Yeah. What What does it mean to be touched by an angel? To be touched by an angel, I think of two things. Right. I think of either you've been healed of something, mm-hmm. or you've been granted some kind of divine sight or knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perhaps you're the recipient of a message. Right. Too. Yeah. Right. You, you're, you're chosen in some way. Yeah. Though I fall out of grace. Yeah. 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 You received something, but then you've lost it. Yeah. I like to periodically um, just check in with our friends in My Chemical Romance on their Wikipedia page just to check oh. it out. Oh, um, yes. But I saw here on the personal life section of Gerard Way's Wikipedia page. Oh. Um, it says Way was raised Catholic, stating in 2006 that he was not Catholic anymore. Um, and in 2013, that he was a theist who had always acknowledged he received artistic gifts from God. Yeah. Touched by angels. Touched by angels. Motherfucker. There's a reason why, like, Gerard unironically knows how Joan of Arc felt. Like, yes. Gerard unironically believes that... They have been given a gift from God mm-hmm. that they need to impart in other people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy, but also I agree. <laughs> I think I like I see it. Like I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I we talked earlier about like religion and worship in religious ecstasy in the pit. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's that's part of it right when are we canonizing gerard <laughs> i think let's start now like yeah. the catholic church gonna, church is gonna hate this but if enough of us get on board that's so true the catholic church notoriously just listens to when a lot of people say that they should change something yeah yeah <laughs> they're really receptive totally. to that they're i think we can receptive. really make an impact yeah, they're super yeah. Receptive. no okay but you're right that's that's nuts Right. So Gerard inherently, I think, believes, one, that they have been touched by messengers of God Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, We know that to them that often manifests with like hearing voices Mm -hmm. or like is connected a lot to like their struggles with mental illness and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I think also probably connected to their experience of gender um, because we know that they relate a lot to Joan of Arc, Mm -hmm. um, both gender wise and perhaps messenger wise yeah 
I think that they also have a I will have to dig this up and maybe we can put this in a a, a later conversation about this episode but um they tweeted about religion as well mm. and like not um like how they understood Christianity and why parts of it were important and parts of it weren't. Yeah. Um, I'll need to dig that back up. It's just, it's way back in the back of my brain. Yeah. So that's that. That's that. That's, <laughs> that's I never that. told you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's um, that's revenge. Obviously mm-hmm. there are, I mean, here's the thing. These are just the angel mentions. There yeah. are so many other mentions of other, like invocations of other Catholic imagery of other, whatever of saints mm-hmm. of just like, choirs of god of sinning etc yeah of hell of fire of all of these things mm-hmm. like it's constant we've yes. talked about this um but this is just the angels uh-huh. and now we get into the black parade why don't we get into should we get into one of the demos Ooh, for example yeah. um all the angels yeah that <laughs> one's the first one on our list because it has the word angel <laughs> in the title <laughs> yeah yeah um, so here angels are really like they're watching over a scene, right? right? Like they're watching over a tragedy that we can assume is kind of being played out in a hospital and uh, n- not intervening. It's kind of like we can assume that these angels are being entreated towards something. Right. But they're not going to be helping out. Right. Um, they're kind of indifferent. Yeah. They say you're all to blame. You're all to blame. They're not imparting any kind of um, help or wisdom or their message is that <laughs> you humans Fuck did you. a bad job. Yeah. 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 Their message is kind of indifference. So, yeah, there's both an asking of the angels here. Like the characters in this song are asking angels for help in some way um, and they are not helping. My home is through you. Come on, Angel, don't you cry. This one might be a right. This was a little silly. This is a stretch. I don't know. We see (laughs) angels weeping in Catholic imagery, though. Yeah, we do. There's like angels weeping in graveyards, angels crying for what? For humanity's mistakes, (laughs) for straying from God. I don't Um, think this one's that deep, but. um, No, I don't think so either. But hey, here we are. We're inward and and we're crying. Mm Here we if are. We're an angel. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah, yeah. And then we have House of Wolves, yeah. and we just wrote. So all of week, we're kind of like, like putting down like what are all of the angels doing in 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 these songs? Mm-hmm. They're like we're asking the angels. They're punishing, or they're like they're they're touching people, whatever. <laughs> um, in this one, we just wrote slut. Yeah. So this brings up a huge point, which is my chemical romance engages with Catholicism in the way that they make it sexy. They make, and they it, make it in so aesthetic. Hot. Like it's part of the look. It's part of the style. Totally. Um, yes. And also it has substance. It right? has substance because they know enough about it that they're able to play with it in a way that a makes way. it hot because yeah. they can be like, tell me I'm an angel. Mm-hmm. Take this to my grave, contrasted with like being a bad man, with mm-hmm. sinning, with tongue in cheek. I've got innocence for days. Exactly. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. I can tell you're going to burn in hell. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the many things that's being held in contrast in the song, which is sexy. It's hot. It's hot. It's sexy. And it's queer. Yeah. Um, gay people love to make Catholic imagery hot mm-hmm. um, and. Take and it no one into, does it better. Take it into a <laughs> sinful light, and no one does it better than Gerard Way. Um, that's what I have to say about Hustle. Yeah. What's left? 
Na na na. It's not like the only one, right? I think so. Oh, heaven help us. Oh, heaven help us. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Oops. Heaven help us. Where are the angels in heaven help us? Hear the sound. The angels come screaming yeah, down. Yeah, right at the beginning, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your voice, I hear you've been bleeding yeah. and you're pleading and mm-hmm. you're screaming, someone save us. Yes. It's They're all in here. We're entreating the angels again. Yeah. From for, for intervention. And it does sound like they're responding in this one, right? The angels come screaming down? Or <laughs> yeah. is it a rejection? Maybe, I don't know. Are, hmm. Who knows? Context of the song, I mean, probably not responding in a helpful way. Yeah, because it's like, heaven help us now. Well, come crashing down. Are those the angels again? Oh, why are they falling out of well, the sky? We'll hear the sound. Is this song about angels in America? <laughs> is this song about angels in America? <laughs> is this song about an earthquake in heaven? What's going on? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. This one's a lot about the religious imagery being dramatic. The last, the last, yeah. the last one. No, no, no. Angels made from neon <laughs> and fucking garbage. Scream out. What will save us? And the sky opened up. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I love this part of our podcast where we recite MCR lyrics to each other. This this should be the whole thing. It really should, yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) The angels are screaming again. (laughs) The angels come screaming down. The Mm -hmm. angels are screaming. The angels are screaming. This is angels being entreated for something, and they're responding. And I think it's kind of left open a little bit as to how. Yes, correct. So angels are kind of scary in MCR. Angels are kind of scary in general. Yes. Angels are kind of scary in the play. Mm-hmm. Angels are kind of scary. Angels are kind of scary. Be not afraid. The first thing they fucking <laughs> say in the Bible is be not afraid, dude. Like, angels are scary. Yeah. Like, thank you for the heads up because I was going to be afraid. Yeah, I yeah. really was. Yeah. Why do you look like that? In summary, I say into the mic mm-hmm. like I'm supposed to. <laughs> in summary, angels in MCR are figures that have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and they're often entreated for intervention into bad situations. They're often entreated by people who may not deserve their intervention, people who are sinners. Right. Mm -hmm. But have the faculties to know what they've done is wrong and also to ask for something else. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Is this a song where angels are asked for something or is this a song where angels punish people? Yeah. That's kind of the dichotomy. Yeah. Um, so angels can intervene, but that intervention can also be quite negative. That's angels in the lyrics for MCR. If we missed a song. We totally could have. We totally could have. We racked our brains. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't going to click through every lyric page on Easy Lyrics. We did not control F every page on Easy Lyrics. Sorry. Um, so yeah, if we missed we something. even looked at. Call us out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Even looked at what? Conventional weapons. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, Don't make let me us listen know. to Gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let us know if <laughs> if we've missed something. For example, if Gun. If yeah. it was in Gun, we don't know and we don't care. Yeah, sorry. Um, just <laughs> We're gun haters. We are fucking gun haters, It's dude. not a good yeah. one. There has to be a worst MCR song. Don't even have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. so it's not good. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Is it time? I think it's time. Okay. We can do it. To talk about the play? Yeah, we're both so nervous to talk about this play. We're talking, I need water. I'm out okay, of water. Right. So I'm going to get some water. So, angels. Angels. Um, we talked about how angels show up in MCR. Yes. The way that angels show up in Angels in America is a lot different. It is. It's a lot different. Yeah. So, for context, in this play, um, there are angels. 
<laughs> there sure are. There are it's angels. called Angels in it's America. Angels in America. Um, so some of the characters are angels. Yeah. And um, as Pryor gets sicker and sicker, um, he is visited by an angel who gives him a prophecy. Yeah. And fucks him. Um, but that tr- that is true. Yes. <laughs> that does happen. That does happen. It's pretty funny. The angels, first off, are super horny. Oh my god. They're incredibly sexual beings. They are very sexual. Um yeah. so they're all hermaphroditic mm-hmm. is the first thing that you should know about yes. them. They all got all of the junk. Mm-hmm. A lot and a all lot of it. it. Yeah. And a lot of many it. of the, many of many them. junks. I, I believe the quote is she had eight vaginas. Eight vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. Um incredible. Incredible. Yes. So and why do they fuck? Why do they fuck? Because that's where creation comes from. That's yeah. where the universe comes from. Right. So they come. They come and it's stuff. And it makes stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Literally splooge. Yeah. Spelled S-P-L-O-O-J is written in this. Yeah. About describing how angel come makes stuff. Mm-hmm. So I there you go, guys. In this section of the playwriting, Gerard would love this angel. Yeah, dude. I every day if, when i was reading this i was like has Gerard fucking read this play because i hope so like, probably like, i hope so there are so many thematic connections here that i think it would be crazy if they hadn't yes so the angels do that the angels give prior a prophecy yeah um that he is to deliver unto humanity and that 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 he's, he's a prophet now congratulations mm-hmm. so the angels visiting prior yeah. the angels are also visiting harper yes Harper yeah. is the other quote unquote like sick person mm-hmm. in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Prior because he has AIDS. Um, Harper because she is mentally ill. Yeah. Um, and she is also being visited by angels. And Pryor and Harper appear in each other's dreams a lot. Yeah. Which, you know, quote unquote dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so dreams or visions or prophecies, whatever, they are appearing to each other. Yeah. Um, throughout the play. Harper and Pryor are appearing in each other's dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, something that they say is that dreaming is a threshold of revelation. Mm. Um, yes. That's yes. relevant there, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that Gerard and MCR engage with this a lot. Gerard specifically engages mm-hmm. with this a lot. We know in Hesitant Alien, they talk a lot about dreaming. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in MCR too, they start talking about it a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, dreams as a threshold of like, the way to become enlightened in mm-hmm. some way, um, mm-hmm. which is what's happening to these characters, essentially. Yeah. Dreams Sorry. are also, dreams are prophecy in right. MCR. Sleep, what is that about? Yeah. It's about visions and terrors and being haunted. Like, that's yeah, that's very similar to what's happening to these characters, I think. Right. Yeah. That is what Gerard was experiencing in mm-hmm. some way. Like, I think that, I hope Gerard has read this play because in so many ways, what Pryor is experiencing is what Gerard experienced while writing the Black Parade Mm -hmm. of like, Mm -hmm. I see flames, I see people I love dying. And like Pryor is like being visited by a kind of a horrific thing. So also, um, as we've talked about in, in the Bible, in scripture, in written, like whatever, the written word Mm -hmm. that we have analyzed about, um, the angels in whatever, mostly Judeo Christian belief, the angels are the ones who are messengers who are delivering the word of God. But in the play, the angels have been abandoned by God. Right. Yes. This so is a very important plot point. They aren't conveying the word of God to prior. Mm-hmm. They have been abandoned. Yeah. God doesn't interact with them anymore, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. Yeah. 
So that takes place at the beginning of the 20th century. Um, God leaves the angels in heaven um, at exactly the same time as the earthquake in San Francisco. Huge earthquake um, that shatters a lot of people's lives in San Francisco and also... um, is the, the God abandoning the angels. Yeah. Why does why? Why does that happen? Why does God leave the angels? God gets bored of the angels and is obsessed with humanity. Yeah. He betray he abandons the angels for humans. For humans. Yeah. Because humans, unlike the angels, have free will. Yeah. And they can make choices and they can develop and move forward. And God decides that this is much more interesting than angels who just do what God wants. Right. Really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So what we get here is angels that are very, very different than the ones that we encounter in MCR. Yeah. Because these are angels that can't do anything for themselves. Right. They're, in this world, there's no God, so there's no one to intervene. There's no, there's, you can reach up and ask, but right. you're not going to get anything because those angels can't really do anything on their own. Yeah, they can't convey anything to God for yeah. you. Yeah. Because God isn't there. God's mm-hmm. not listening. Nope. Yeah. God peaced out. God's God? with you now. God's just vibing. God's just fucking yeah. around. Yeah. God's playing Sims and mm-hmm. we're all being forced into the into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> God's left us all like in an empty pit yeah. in Sims. Yeah, literally. Exactly. We know Pryor is being visited by these angels mm-hmm. towards the end of the show. Pryor is really sick mm-hmm. and he goes with an angel to speak with like an angelic council, mm-hmm. essentially. He he wrestles the angel. Yeah. He wrestles the angel and You're so right. He does <gasps> subdues he does. the angel and then gets to oh, uh, a door opens up, I think, and he gets to go up into heaven. Heaven is a city not unlike San Francisco. A beautiful, a beautiful, a beautiful it's one line. of my favorite lines. <laughs> a beautiful line. Yeah. Um that's the thing that's shocking about it. Everyone's mm-hmm. fucking they copulate ceaselessly is mm-hmm. what Pryor says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they listen to the radio. And they listen to the radio. Oh, they do. They listen mm-hmm. to the radio. But Pryor is speaking to the angels, and he says, we can't wait for God. He isn't coming back. And even if he did come back, if he ever dared to show his face in the garden again, after all this destruction, after all the terrible days of this terrible country, he returned to see how much suffering his abandonment had created. If all he has to offer is death, you should sue the bastard. He ought to pay. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like the angels and the humans become... The, kind of the same yeah you know yeah so the theme there's abandonment right. right like Pryor is dealing with how his partner of many years has abandoned him in a time where he needs care and support yeah. more than ever um lewis leaves him just like god leaves the angels yeah um and i think that's a similar reaction sue the bastard he ought to pay sue the bastard um, he ought to pay it's unjust to leave someone like that right I'm also thinking of while while we're here, while we're up here with the angels, the message mm. that these angels have. What are they asking prior to do? Yeah. Um, they're asking him to stop. Cut it out. Stop moving around so much. Yeah. Humans. Can right. you get everybody to just chill out for a second and like hold still and then maybe God will think that we're interesting again? Can you get everyone to like stop? So another major theme in the play is change and movement. And it, it goes really deep, so I don't know how far we yeah. want to go into it. Right. I mean, this um, is a, th- a theme in, like, 
in Reagan's America in the mm-hmm. 1980s, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. we are starting to, like, have the inklings of, like, now is the time for trickle-down economics. And, uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know, like, and the American way. And this is a good old American boy, and he was in his little westerns. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's really a return of this is the rise of a certain kind of conservatism that we're dealing with the repercussions of today. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like globalization as a theme and like the idea of like immigration and all of these things mm-hmm. are really present and starting to become a talked about topic on the news, mm-hmm. especially for conservatives and people who are, you know, concerned about that. Not that it hasn't always been happening. I mean, that's what was happening with McCarthyism as well. I think yeah. that's why that's a theme in the show. Yeah. So we're talking about about how humans are so interesting because we're all moving around all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but also, that is a political question in the show. Yeah. 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 All of the, the, the three major religions that we talked about, Judaism, Christianity, Mormonism, all have a kind of, like, migration to them. Yeah. Like, uh, people coming to the U.S. for religious freedom mormons leaving new york to go to utah like these are all great journeys that kind of define groups of people and we actually start the play off with a eulogy for a woman who came over from the old country this kind of movement is is constant and i think the play makes the point defines all of us regardless of this reactionary um anti-immigration sentiment yeah that's happening at the same time totally yeah yeah absolutely do it um the context for this quote is that Lewis and Belize are having a horrible, horrible argument. Lewis and Belize are having a conversation where Lewis is being racist to Belize. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then accusing Belize of anti-Semitism with no with, grounding for that whatsoever. Yeah, because Belize said, hey, you're, you just said like 12 of the worst things to me that anyone's yeah. ever said. And Lewis is like, I think you're saying this because I'm Jewish. And Belize is like, shut the fuck up, Lewis. Yeah. Lewis, Lewis is, is a the prick worst. in this show. <laughs> Lewis is kind of a fucking prick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's talking, he's kind of rambling about AIDS, about um, the experience of AIDS, which is mm-hmm. rich coming from him for somebody who's abandoned his partner who, who has AIDS. But um, he's talking about like how AIDS shows us the limits of tolerance. It's not enough to be tolerated because when the shit hits the fan, you find out how much tolerance is worth. Totally. It's worth nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. But then he continues to talk about like living in America now and how there are no gods in America. There's no gods in America, no ghosts and spirits in America. There are no angels in America, no spiritual past, no racial past, only the political and the decoys and the ploys to maneuver around the inescapable battle of politics. What this, this, Which, okay. <laughs> this is something I think we got to dig deep into because yeah. it's really complicated. It is. And I think that Lewis is both very right and very wrong. Yeah. With this. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because obviously there's a racial past to America. Right. What the fuck are you talking about? I think that this is a really interesting like conversation. I love these kinds of debates in this show because it really reflects a lot of things that I think are happening like in leftist spaces like and have been happening in leftist spaces like even now mm-hmm. where it's like a lot of leftists are really focused on like the political mm-hmm. without like 
<laughs> interfacing with the personal, yeah. which t- means interfacing with the fact that America does have a racial past. Right. America does have a spiritual past. Uh-huh. Why are, what are we ignoring? What have uh-huh. we eliminated? Why uh-huh. are we only focusing on um, what the political is doing or like what we feel that the political is doing? Because yeah. that is not the only relevant thing, right? right? Um, right. And when we only talk about whatever, quote unquote, the political, the inescapable battle of politics, mm-hmm. it's like, it's erasure, yeah. right? So yeah. Lewis here is erasing things. He mm-hmm. is like speaking erasure into existence. Yeah. Um, actively. Which is very American. Right. Like that is how people live and understand the U.S. Right. Regardless of whether it's or not a melting it's true. pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And What's been melted? Can we pick those things can out? We, we those, can. There's flavors. They're all there. The, all the flavors are there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was also thinking about like, what does it mean to not have a spiritual past? Mm. And I think we talked about that earlier and didn't come to any like solid conclusion. Yeah. But I was thinking about it earlier today. And like, when you think about a spiritual past within Christianity, a lot of it is about like origin. Mm-hmm. Like where do we come from as mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. not even as a nation, but as human beings, like it's the story of creation, right? Yeah. And what, like it does, it doesn't, we don't have to understand ourselves that way at all. But if we don't all have that as a fundamental understanding of ourselves, where do we start? Right. We have to work in this like very, very messy, like the terms aren't set correctly um, or aren't set in a smooth way for us to interact with each other. Right. And that's politics. Right. right? Like that's you form those terms instead of them being tacit from religion. And that is super interesting like that's fascinating to watch play out and i understand why god left the angels right to see what was going on with that instead of the scripture that's been the same scripture for thousands of years right right there's a lot of invocation of the past Mm -hmm. in this show Mm -hmm. of um at the beginning of perestroika which is the second play the second play yes the second act or no yeah it is the second play because there's two plays and there's multiple acts Mm -hmm. it's so anyway the beginning of perestroika which is the second play there is a rabbi who is speaking and the rabbi is speaking and he's saying the great question before us is are we doomed will the past release us can we change in time and we all desire that change will come and like these are just like asking (laughs) i mean huge questions right Mm -hmm. but like the idea of change and being released by the past Uh is really interesting here because like so lewis is saying there's no past there's no past in america Uh right there doesn't there's a past that exists and this rabbi is talking about how the past is has a firm hold on all of us Uh all the time Uh and will not release us essentially will it release us who is to say um obviously i mean you know i would say that the argument is the past shouldn't release us <laughs> and yeah. we should continue to live with it mm-hmm. and continue with it. Yeah. Um, in fact, we have to. In fact, we have to. There yeah. is no option. Yeah. Um, we need to acknowledge the past. So yeah, I think that there's a real tension here. Lewis is like acting as kind of a capitalist in some ways, kind mm. of like, and he's, he's acting as a real American in some of these scenes, right. right? Especially in this scene with Belize. Right. And then Belize is like, oh yeah, I mean, sure. No racial past, except for like the fact that we li- live under white supremacy. Like, yeah. Essentially. Yes. Um, and he's like, uh-huh, well. <laughs> but you're so right. Like that's exactly, those are the, 
it's the tension of living in America yeah is like um we are constantly both erasing and living in the past Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah. Just maybe just like being in any capitalist country mm-hmm. or whatever, or mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, being a human, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But it's so present in America. We're afraid of the past. We don't know how to grapple with the past. It has a hold on us, uh-huh. but it also doesn't exist to, to some people. Right. 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 It's like there's not a universal past. Right. Like there's we not. can't agree on a past because we all have such different experiences. And like... It is fascinating and important to watch people like get along regardless of that. Yeah, or not even get along, and just like negotiate. For a lot of like, people. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just like negotiate what the past is for people. I don't feel like we need to see people getting along, but I do feel like we are seeing people every day negotiating what their pasts are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's happening in this play as well. Should we talk about Roy Cohn for a moment? Let's talk about Roy Cohn. I hate to talk about Roy Cohn, but let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. He's let's, interesting. He is very interesting. He is also terrible. Yeah. He's a terrible, terrible man. Mm-hmm. He's very interesting to read. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man with immense privilege. Yeah. Who also gets AIDS. Yeah. Um, and denies this, that he, he is He insists sick. that it's, it's liver cancer. It's liver cancer. Yeah. yeah. Out, of, out of nowhere, Belize decides that he's gonna give Roy some advice which yeah. is to get on an AZT trial right because that actually works I don't know if I like that choice I don't like that choice yeah. I don't know why he does that because it takes AZT away from someone else right I know I don't think that it makes any sense there's no reason yeah. for this black nurse who is getting slurs yelled at him yeah. and stuff for him to help Roy Cohn at mm-hmm. all yeah, so that's a little off, but I do think it leads to really cool interactions between Belize and Roy, especially yeah. as Roy gets sicker and sicker. Right. Um, because Roy does get access to AZT. He does. Um, and it doesn't do a damn thing. Yeah. There are some really cool conversations between Belize and Roy yeah. that take place. I'm thinking about like how there's a scene where Belize is describing where Roy is going to go after he dies. Mm. And and how right the streets are full of women in big furry coats and it's all horrible and downtrodden and um and, right. I wish I could I don't have the And Roy on. goes, "Now describe heaven." Now describe heaven and Belize says, "That, that is was heaven, heaven, baby." Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um and I love the idea of this heaven that is kind of broken down and gritty, but also full of people, life. full of life and people living life. Like that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. So Billy's really becomes like Roy's foil towards the end. I think there's a, he calls Billy's my negation. Oh, Billy right. says everything I want is in the end of you. And Roy in his death, kind of becomes a symbol of conservatism, I think. Yeah. He he embodies that in a major way. And to have that character be completely unsalvageable yeah. is... I love that takeaway message in a play. Yeah, I mean, he ultimately loses everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can't... He's been disbarred yeah. posthumously. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like minutes before his death, like, he's disbarred. He's yeah. disbarred. So can no longer do the one thing he spent his entire life dedicated to. Yeah. I think you're more just like, ah, so sad that um, you, a gay man, couldn't have lived a life that um, made you made you a good person. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, you hitched your horse to the wrong wagon and look where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
the um, Reagan wagon. The Reagan wagon, just a bad, <laughs> a just bad, a bad wagon. Bad wagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once Roy does die, um, Billy's gets his fridge at AZT and redistributes it. So. I guess that's why that happens, so that that can happen. Right. Um, right, and then Pryor gets it. And then Pryor gets it. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about Roy a little bit more next episode, I think, when we're talking about illness. Yes. Um, because there's a lot to say about about Roy and the way that Roy interacts with his diagnosis of having AIDS. Mm-hmm. and ha- mm-hmm. Right. So I think that there will be more to chat about then. Totally. Oh, I was thinking about justice earlier. I was thinking about justice and I was thinking about getting what you deserve. Huh, interesting. Okay, um, tell me more. And I was I it's it's talked about like kind of early on justice as an important abstract concept. I think it's something that like Lewis is rambling about. Fucking probably dude. Ju- justice he about a lot. and yep. politics and yes, and it's very abstract and that's theory, right? I think we see in the play justice play out in a much more complicated way whereas right. prior whereas Lewis's theory is much more it's difficult to act on in a right. way, I guess. Yeah. I, I was just, uh, maybe we save this for illness, but like illness is punishment. Are you getting what you deserve? Mm, yeah. Um, did you get what you deserve? Did you get the ending what of you your life? Deserve. Yes. Um, so I think maybe we that's should a talk little, about That's a little that. taste for next that's time, I guess. That's a little taste for next yeah, time. Yeah, that's a little taste for next time. Yeah. Um, there's lots to say about, um, yeah, illness mm-hmm. and the moralizing of illness mm-hmm. and how that interacts with the politics of this show right. um, in the next episode. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yes. We, we'll have some really interesting combos. Amazing. Should we talk about the end? Let's talk about the end. We've talked about um, the angels. Yes. The angels who are characters yes. in the show. Towards the end, um, we find ourselves in Central Park. We do. We have uh, prior Lewis, Belize, and Hannah are all sitting uh, by the Bethesda Fountain. Sweet. Which um, the Bethesda Fountain was originally imagined, they explain this in the play. They do. Um, as a place where people could come to be healed. Right. And be like experience the waters and uh, be cured of their illnesses. Yeah. Um, and I think that this Bethesda Fountain, the Bethesda Fountain, is a biblical thing as well. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Cured. It's not initially like located in New York. It's yeah, like, it's like no. located. It's like a holy place. It's a holy yeah. place. So this um, is so this is named after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also um, the sculptor is a lesbian. Cool. Slay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, Amazing. sculptor's a lesbian, okay. like an eighteen hundreds lesbian. Oh so, man, love really in the trenches. Love. We're at this place of healing, right? And Pryor is talking about the, the, this. This is essentially the epilogue. This is five years later, after the end of um, the the play. After Pryor um, comes back from the speaking dead with the angels <laughs> from the dead, essentially. Yeah. Um, and this is a play about survival. Yeah. Um, which is relevant in the the context of entreating angels for that as well as illness so i'm sure we'll talk about this quote in both episodes right um but the this is the last line of the play and i'm just gonna read it because it's beautiful um this disease will be the end of many of us but not nearly all and the dead will be commemorated and will struggle on with the living and we are not going away we won't die secret deaths anymore the world only spins forward we will be citizens the time has come yeah so beautiful it's so beautiful well and then he says, bye now. You are fabulous creatures, each and every one. And I bless you. More life. The great work begins. Is the last line of the That's play. That's the last line. 
Kick me in the fucking teeth. Kick me in the fucking teeth. Kick me in the fucking teeth. It's so powerful. Like, (laughs) it's about surviving and carrying on even when there is so much suffering and struggling around you. Even when shit is bleak as fuck, you have to keep living. Yeah, and putting and putting in the fucking work. Yeah. Putting in the work. Mm-hmm. The great work begins. The great work begins. Start the work. Yeah. Don't you're not like you're surviving, yeah, yeah. But we're fucking struggling on together. And you you carry the dead with you in that. Right. That's what I love from this. Is that even in all of the damage that you have to experience and live with every time the world ends you carry those people with you as you keep going yeah and that was this is the place that I wanted to get to was to talk about like the what 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 does survival look like what is the what is the message of this play what do we go forth and do right um and I think the message is like even when the world is ending you have to keep going right even when everyone around you is dying, you have to keep going. Yeah. Um, because that's how you honor those people. Right. And that's how, like, there's no stopping. You right. have to move forward. You have to keep doing politics. You have to keep living with each other. Yeah. As hard and messy, as complicated as that is. Um, and doing that in this fountain is both, like, thinking about... You think about cure, right? Like you, you, and this is, I think, where we'll discuss it in the illness episode. Yeah. Um, but that cure is far off. And I think that there's more work that you have to put in to. Right. Cure. It's not about the cure. It's about the process and the struggle. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk a lot about, you know, disability studies and, mm-hmm. um, and things like that in the next episode and a lot as we will say, a lot of that is about living with things mm-hmm. as opposed to being cured, being cured yeah. f- from an illness. So in this way, it's going to be both about that, but also just about like the struggle of being a person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. about being alive in spite of and because of yes. your illnesses or the people around you. Mm-hmm. In spite of and because. I love that. Both. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the way past is talked about. Yeah. You know, yeah, completely. 100%. You're embracing it and you're also fighting it yeah. at all times. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that's what like life is and illness is. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're saying yeah. here. Yes, completely. You know? So that's, that's the play. That's the play. Those are the huge things thick beautiful themes yeah there's so many others too there are like this is a graduate seminar right and we know that some of you have been really stoked about this episode Mm -hmm. and have a lot of thoughts about it um so please if there are some themes that we mentioned in this episode that you either want to expand on Mm -hmm. or that you think that we should talk about more or that you think we got wrong yeah tell us um i don't feel like we've talked about gay sex a lot so like we really (laughs) we'll we'll talk about gay sex more in this episode unfortunately yeah (laughs) um yeah like talk to us more about that yeah um just send your thoughts in Mm -hmm. about it and Mm -hmm. we'd be stoked to be critiqued or um or just enter into conversation with y'all yeah Yeah. and like other themes that like maybe didn't pop out to us right that's just like what we we sat down we read this play and here were the things that we thought were like the most interesting right there's so much more this play is so complex there's so much in it so please send your other thoughts Mm -hmm. we would love to chat about them what does this play yeah. have to do with American rock band, <laughs> My Chemical Romance? Yeah. 
Um, well. <laughs> well, a lot. A lot, I think actually. actually. A lot. <laughs> no, I think actually a lot because they're engaging with a lot of these themes too. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the same way, but they're yes. engaging with politics and sin and the struggle of the past and mm-hmm. the human condition. Yes. As this play is, yes. you know? Um, and what's one way we wanted to talk about this though in a pretty specific way and yeah. in, in a visual way, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should This start. is a fun and funky connection. Okay. It is. So um, as you may know, um, the set designer for uh, the return tour originally designed a different set than the one that we saw. Correct. Um, and this set was uh, an angel with, souls ascending yeah towards it yeah so um, i actually somebody sent us an app oh um which was directing us to um saying hey this might be helpful for your angels in america discussion mm-hmm. uh, if you go to vectorworks.net you can watch um the set designer did like a oh, session right. with vectorworks yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about the video title is modeling techniques for my chemical romance tour but there's actually some interesting stuff in there and i watched it before this cool. so the original idea of the tour came from a photo of the Eiffman Ballet of St. Petersburg, which is essentially this like pile of these dancers all reaching towards the sky with this one dancer at the top who's reaching up as well. Like, and these other ones are piled behind her. This photo was sent by Gerard to the set designer. He was, this was the um, like initiative Mm -hmm for creating this set. So that would have been the backdrop. That Mm -hmm. image would have been the backdrop. Gerard is the one who sent it. The photo, um, this specific photo comes from the ballet Rodin, Her Eternal Idol, which is about Auguste Rodin and Mm -hmm. um, his lover at some point, Camille Claudel. For those who don't know, Rodin is a um, French sculptor as well. Camille Claudel is as well. She is lesser known because she is in a relationship with a very famous French artist. Tale and this is what happens. Tale is all this time. But both Rodin and Claudel are French sculptors. Claudel started working in Rodin's workshop in like 1883, which is how they met. Um, they worked together. They became lovers. They never lived together because Rodin was, wasn't going to end his relationship with his, um, his 20-year relationship with another artist, yeah. um, Rose Beret. Claudel ended up ending their relationship in, like, 1892. Um, But then because of, like, she made a lot of works that touched on, like, sex-based elements, and so she didn't, like, she struggled to get funding, et cetera, et cetera. So she either had to depend entirely on Rodin or to collaborate with him and, like, have him get a lot of the credit. So this ballet is, like, reflecting on Rodin's, like, longing for her as a muse Mm -hmm. and also his, like, mental illness and also Claudel's, like, mental illness and her struggle of being like a female artist Mm -hmm. um so ultimately this is a quote from this ballet company the ballet is a reflection on the extreme price that people of genius have to pay for the creation of eternal masterpieces jesus christ (laughs) this photo is selected by gerard from this oh no (laughs) i would love to know if gerard has seen it why gerard is interested Mm -hmm. But seems pretty relevant to the context of the tour. Yes. Um, also, they're called souls. 
they call them souls mm-hmm. and like the set de- designer calls this figure these figures souls the souls have to be reaching up to something so they generated an angel that was inspired by the ecstasy of saint Teresa, who is welcoming the souls into a heavenly truss wow yeah that's i did not know that there was that much context for that yeah that's huge pretty crazy mm-hmm. well i yeah i got into a really weird <laughs> hole about this ballet and we know that the set design eventually changed. It did. Um, yeah. So they, the, he he says on here, there's literally a record scratch <laughs> in this video. He goes, no. Yeah, literally. And he says, the band changed their collective mind about the whole concept and requested a post-apocalyptic landscape to play with the absurdity of decay. The absurdity of decay? The video literally says, flashing on the screen, the video literally says, no angels, no souls, just decay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> like, what's going on? I have a lot to and say. Like, I have a lot in, to say. And that's interspersed with him just being like, and so here's how I added these blocks so that I could make these things move around for the production of this video for them to look at. <laughs> oh my god. I know. I can't believe I haven't seen this. I need to see I know. this. I know. Yeah. No angels. So thank you no to the anonymous who sent this to us. It was really helpful. Just okay. Yeah. Okay, so Angels in America. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I have to say about that. That image of souls ascending towards an angel is very, 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 very similar to something that Harper describes at the end of the play. Yes. I don't think I wrote down the whole quote, but I do have it pulled up. So one sec. So Harper Harper closes the play um, before the epilogue. And... In the beginning, she was listening to the radio and hearing about holes in the ozone. Mm. This really freaked her out. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, she talks about seeing souls rising to fill the hole in the ozone. Yeah. And um, that those souls, they fix the, the ozone <laughs> is what happens. It. They fix it. She says nothing's lost forever. That all of these souls, these are souls of people who have died, come up to repair something. Mm. They contribute to the healing. Yeah. Rather than being just a loss, just left as a loss. Yeah. So the image is like spot fucking on. And I'm also thinking about how what we are instead left with yeah. in MCR is a city not unlike San Francisco. I was going to say it's a city not unlike San Francisco immediately <laughs> after the fires. And it's also a city not unlike New York. Um, yeah. Specifically New York right after 9-11. Yeah. There's rubble everywhere. There's buildings torn down. This is a city in ruin. Yeah. This is decay. The absurdity of decay. The absurdity of is such an was such an what interesting thing mean? to say. I know he literally was like, they want to play with the apocalyptic landscape to play with the absurdity of decay. Absurdity. I'm like that. There's no way you just said that. Like that has to have come from the band. Yeah. Yes. So what does what does absurdity do? Absurdity is like play, right? Right. And that's exactly what they're talking about. Like that's why heaven is in ruin, right. and that's important because right. you build from that. There's right. somewhere to go from that. You don't just sit in the rubble like the angels do. You rebuild the city like the humans Get do. up, coward. Fuck you. Oh, no. To lay in the foundations of decay, get up, coward. Did you ever read this about angels in America? Like, <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's the point, is that you get up and you keep going. And you keep living. 
which has always been the point of MCR, right? I wrote right after that um, prior monologue, we'll carry on. Yeah. That's your thesis, right? That's your thesis. Also, I'm not afraid to keep on living. Literally. Like, these... Give me more life. I want more life. These themes are very blatantly stated in in MCR. Yeah. Very, very blatantly. Yeah. And, like, to go back to that Hanif Abdurraqib essay that I reference every fucking episode. We love Hanif. It's amazing. That's what he's talking about as well. Like, the experience of being in an MCR show and grieving. Like, you carry those people with you. Yeah. Like, you are together in your grief and you're going towards something rather than being alone and just struggling yeah like absolutely that's i think the point of mcr totally yeah i think it's so interesting too that their initial instinct was to have like souls rising toward an angel mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened and they were like we need the absurdity of decay now we need the absurdity of decay <laughs> you know? now yeah um i think it's also interesting to think about maybe we should talk about this in the illness episode instead but like <laughs> how in angels in america they are living through an epidemic yeah and so did we just now right um and that this reaction and thinking about how do you survive all of that loss yeah how do you keep moving through all of that loss yeah how do you build from that destruction right and i think yeah the phrase the absurdity of decay really does feel just like what living in capitalism is yeah you know yeah like it is absurd almost Mm -hmm. to like like it's surreal experiencing the kind of like mass casualties and decay that we are currently experiencing and also just like going to work yeah and like living lives Mm -hmm. which is kind of also the point of Mm -hmm. angels in america right completely it's kind of absurd i would love to know when foundations was written i would too give me the time i want more information is the thing give me the fucking documentary damn it um the thing is is i need more information yeah (laughs) i need a lot more information um but i feel like we're picking away at it like slowly but surely like this is more than we had about foundations before yeah like that direction shift and the word absurdity is going to haunt me i know i think i guess to kind of put a put a cap on what we just said mcr is a band that was born out of a horrifying event that affected a lot of people yeah and killed a lot of people right yeah. like a mass a mass casualty event right um this play is about another mass casualty event yeah um the aids epidemic yeah. and how people take something like that and survive it yeah i think mcr coming back at the time that they did is crazy yeah because we have just lived through another mass casualty event and people are trying to figure out how to keep going and how to survive and how to make meaning out of ruin right right this band does this really well and so does this play this play and and mcr Mm -hmm. both do this so uniquely well Maybe it's because they're both, like, they both have this really, like, not universal approach because I don't think, um, I don't think MCR's message is about universality and I don't think that Angel's message is about universality yeah. at all. But I think it's about, like, collectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the collective struggle. Yeah. Hanif talks Hanif. about this. Yep. Hanif. Um, <laughs> your individual grief joining with others. 
and becoming a collective grief Mm -hmm. and becoming a collective that is more than grief, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also what Angels is trying to do as well and what Angels is talking about as well Mm -hmm. of like, we will commemorate the dead and we will struggle on with the living. Yeah. That's like, that's the Black Parade, That's the Black Parade (laughs) is the thing. The thing is that's the Black Parade. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I cannot imagine that Gerard Way has not read this play. I know. Or has seen this play. I know. This... You tell me that Gerard Way is not the kind of guy to sit in a theater for eight hours and watch a major literary work. I just think this guy has probably read it. I just think he's probably read it. I I don't know. We're speculating, but I just think speculating, but I think they have. I don't know. I want to draw a line line back around to the statue specifically. Like her being there, especially like early revenge is so interesting to me that like she's about survival she is without the context of angels in america she's about cure she's about healing and yeah. that's great but within the context of angels in america she is about carrying on and carrying the dead with you yeah and doing the work and i love if that is perhaps the context that she appears in in mcr merch yeah the great work begins yeah uh, that's amazing yeah saving your life mm-hmm. well so- <laughs> There's going to be another episode about this. Yeah, we're not done talking about <laughs> we this. We have a lot more to talk yeah. about, so please send in your thoughts. But if your thoughts are about the illness mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. play, don't send it yet. because it yet. Or you can, and, and yeah. maybe we'll just chat about it then. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to do a whole other episode where we talk about um, AIDS and cancer and mental illness. And mm-hmm. we're going to read some Susan Sontag, yeah. and we're going to do some disability and MAD studies work yeah. um, in that. Mm-hmm will be a lot of fun i'm really yeah. excited for it and if um, we didn't read your favorite monologue that's because we're reading it next time yeah, right exactly yeah so stay tuned okay how okay. should i fucking end this episode? yeah um okay here's a fun little thing that i saw yeah this is just a fun little that's fact a fun little thing. i as i was saying earlier i like to go on my chemical romance and gerard way's little little wikipedia pages sometimes yes. and i go on Gerard Way's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. I'm reading. It says, Gerard Arthur Way, born April 9, 1977, is an American singer, songwriter, and comic book writer. He, and then there's an asterisk <laughs> on the Wikipedia page. Oh, God. And you hover over the asterisk, and it says, Way uses he, him, and they, them pronouns. This article uses masculine pronouns for consistency. My goodness, Wikipedia. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> We're at this point, everyone. Can That's you believe that? Pretty fucking cool. I just think that's, that's quite so nice. awesome. I think it's so awesome. It really gave me a little moment where I was like, we are at the cultural point where Gerard Way has said this publicly and it is on their fucking Wikipedia page mm-hmm. on the first pronoun usage. That's that cool. is so fucking cool. So I just cool. think it's so cool. It's, you know, as somebody who's been listening for whatever, 10, for half my life now, it's been crazy to watch these things develop like kind of alongside you to like be a fan and like be like coming into your gender identity and coming into your sexuality and stuff and watching like somebody who you respect and who you have like seen as that already in some way like also speak about these things in a more public way Mm -hmm. and it's just man yeah I just love gender non-conforming and trans people Mm -hmm. and I love that Gerard Way is one of them yep yeah (laughs) <laughs> fucking yeah so cool yeah um so anyway just that's that, awesome. as a little as Man. a little sweet little side note yeah great news from wikipedia today guys <laughs> news from wikipedia i was like this is very beautiful also the photo that they use of gerard is really something and everyone should go check it out can you show me yeah 
Oh, it is really something. Really That's something. a new one. It's Hi. really something. It's really nice of them. Anyway. Whoa. Everyone should go check that check out. Check out Gerard's Wikipedia. How long have we been recording? I don't know. I haven't. 30 on. years. 30 years. Been here. Hold on, wait. Let me 30 see. years. I'm 57. I'm 57 years 57 old. 57 years I'm old I'm 55 now. years old. This here. podcast made me 57 years old. We got an ask that Maybe. we think it, we got it very recently. Like also, today, hey, if you sent us an ask that we haven't answered yet, it's because we're saving it. We're saving it either to read for an episode mm-hmm. explicitly. Yeah, that's why. We're yeah. saving it to read for an episode explicitly. Yes. That's why. Yeah. And we got this one and it fits so well yeah. with our um, current topic of conversation that um, we simply we simply must address it. We must address it. Do you it. have it pulled up? Yeah. Would you like to read it? I apologize for burdening you both with this question, but my best friend and I are at an impasse. Is MCR a Christian rock band? He insists with every fiber of his being that they are not. I want to agree. I want so badly for it to not be true and for everything to be okay. But given our analysis of all their lyrics, I fear for the worst. I'm begging you, please have a hot take. This is a hilarious ask. This Thank is a you. great ask. Uh-huh. This more asks like this, please. Yeah. This Just is frantic, frantic, <laughs> frantic. Like you need this question answered. Like it's part of the urgency of this question yeah. that we must address it now. Yeah. Um, Here's my hot take. Yep. No. Of course it's not. It's not a Christian rock band. No. And here's why. Christian rock praises God. Why are you about to touch me? Do you want a handshake? <laughs> Sorry. Marin is reaching the entire length of their hand very close to my face. And we'll never know why. Um, <laughs> Figure it out. No. Okay. MCR, the goal of a Christian rock band is is to glorify God. Because we love God. We are we active love God, God lovers. It, Christian rock exists so that moms can steer their kids away from cool music <laughs> and towards music that sounds similar, right. but is about God. Um, yeah. And that's sort of sure. But also Christian rock is about, it's about glorifying God. It's about praising God. It's about loving God. Yeah. They're like spreading the message. They're spreading the good word. Yeah. Baby. They're trying to onboard like yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's not what MCR is doing. Not even a little bit. No, not even a little. Um, yeah. having, they use a lot of it, but yes. they don't, they're not glorifying it at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say they're doing the opposite of that. Yes. Yeah. They they're making are, it kind of horrific. It's critique is yeah. what it is. It's using a particular cultural context that they all share and that many people share um, to dig at some themes right. and to talk about death and hell and afterlife and yeah. like all of these things. But I don't think Gerard is trying to convert us to Christianity. <laughs> no. I, They're in fact saying we all go to hell. We so. all go to hell. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, a Christian rock band would not say that. They don't have the range. I can feel him all around me, for example. Uh, it was like a flyleaf. <laughs> I was so I was very loud about my enjoyment of Flyleaf. Were you in um in like elementary school Slay. and was like trying to get everyone to listen to Flyleaf because I knew that I could be like, well, it's Christian, so you should hey, listen to no, it. No, it's a good way to convert people to like music. You're that's like doing good. you're like spreading the good word about like punk rock. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I was trying to like reverse proselytize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, no, they're not a Christian rock band. Don't worry. It's not true. Everything is okay. Um, they talk about God and mm-hmm. they talk about what it, but they're mostly talking about what it means to be condemned. Yeah. And yeah. who is being condemned mm-hmm. and who perhaps the church is not speaking to. 
love this ask. Love it. More, Please, asks more like frantic this. asks. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I'm an ask where you're like scared please, of the question. Like, I love please, it. please. I want, I know exactly. I want more asks that say, I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for your ask. Thank you so much. So we want to do a little fandom uh-huh. deep dive each week. Yes. Perhaps. Just, just like, like, what's going on? What's happening on the dash? What's happening? And like, here's something I was thinking about. Like, with contemporary media cultures, Mm -hmm. we are constantly reacting to things that are happening immediately in front of us. Um, And by the time we get this episode out, everyone is going to have forgotten about this. Like, I'm sure people are already moving on. Yes. And that's good. Yeah. However, I think it's also cool to, like, look back at these things with a little bit more perspective and nuance. Like, perhaps Um, we should. (laughs) Like, perhaps we should. Because I think a lot of times we have the same conversations over and over again. Yeah, we do. And we don't get anywhere. Um, and yeah, yeah. That's not to say that we're going to solve racism in the fandom. That's not, it's not us. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Um, that's a biggie. Yeah. But, um, I think by adding more nuance to these conversations and looking back on them and reviewing them, we yeah. can kind of. Right. Flesh things out. Totally. In the past week or so, people have been talking a lot about like, Kind of like the ethics and morality of like desirability. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. especially like in fandom. Like people have been talking about how members of MCR fuck, mm-hmm. for example, or about Patrick Stump. Is Patrick Stump attractive? Is Patrick Stump, Stump attractive? Right. And there have been a lot of conversations about fat phobia and stuff mm-hmm. on the dash. A conversation that I think is like, very good to have totally because the desirability of Patrick Stump is very tied up in him being read as a fat person in the scene. It's like, it's interesting because I feel like, I feel like conversations about fat phobia in the fandom like need to happen. And especially like if you're listening to my chemical romance and you are like being fat phobic with a band that has Gerard Way and Frank Iero in it, both Mm -hmm. people who have been like, fat at times in their lives Mm -hmm. and have been perceived that way and then treated that way as members of the scene, especially for like people whose like desirability around Gerard is really connected to their like very like svelte wayfish like moments, Mm -hmm. which they've had in their life. Like we should talk about that because like for a lot of people, like Gerard's peak desirability and gender enviability is like connected to like, danger days Mm -hmm. where they are thinnest yeah which is a problem and something we need to talk about turning it into like a fandom war Mm -hmm. which is like kind of what it's become of like fallout boy fans versus mcr fans Uh which i just don't think like gets at the core of the issue which is that like the music that came out of the early 2000s is rooted in like fat phobia and we live in a fat phobic culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah 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 completely the, there was a conversation, but it didn't but go it turned in into, the, oh, you hate Fallout Boy? Tell yeah, me more. Instead of like, we need to think about the way that we talk about yeah. like fat people in the scene. Right. Like, yeah, it took away from the thing that actually mattered in the conversation. Right. You can like other bands or you cannot like other bands. <laughs> You're allowed to yeah. not like Fallout Boy. You cannot like Fallout Boy. That's okay. It's fine. I, here's the thing. I like some Fallout Boy. Yeah. I don't like all of it. No, me either. 
I really liked it in middle school. Yeah. Just right along with MCR. Yeah. But I do feel differently about these bands. Yeah. And I am so glad that everyone who is going to that tour is having such a good time. Yeah. Looks like you guys are look, looks looks great. Um I'm not there. Yeah. And for this, your concert tickets are less expensive. So it's actually good for you that I'm not a Fall Out Boy fan. Like, literally, right? And you're welcome. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, it's been so weird, like, watching people being, like, MCR fans. Like, how dare you treat Fall Out Boy fans like this? Mm-hmm. Like, we were in the trenches together. Like, what, you got your day in the sun, and now you're, like, you have a superiority complex about how your band is better? A, Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I first of all, do. yeah, <laughs> first of all, uh, first of all, yeah, I do like this band more. So A, that. B, why is it becoming that? Talk about the thing that's the problem. Yeah. Like, it hurtled immediately from, like, people are being fat phobic about Patrick Stump. Mm-hmm. Super fair and a good conversation to have. Yeah. Into how dare MCR fans betray Fall Out Boy fans. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is weird. weird. <laughs> it's weird. Like, were we like I don't think that connection was established. No. Like do, do we actually have that much in common? Were we actually in the trenches? I don't fucking the, like Didn't they only tour together in 2005? Yes. Like guys, I don't know if there's that much of a connection. We are way more in the trenches with Thursday fans. We with are the used. with the used with like yeah, it's not yeah. Just because they've been connected in the cultural context now exactly. doesn't mean that like they were in a scene mm-hmm. together, really. Right. The only time they played together was 2005 Warped Tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you Which know. Which is mythologized, Mikey, Mikey hopping right? on stage, et cetera. Mikey yeah. does play with them, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both just rolled our eyes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Mikey can do whatever he wants. <laughs> the, like, our lore Venn diagrams overlap like this. Yeah. Like, there's Mikey in there. I can yeah. see him. Oh, my God. He's Mikey's in there. Mikey in there. That's so nice that he's in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I mean, wall. you know, MCR fans and Fall Out Boy fans in overlap, though, is big. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of MCR yeah. fans who are Fall Out Boy mm-hmm. fans, right? I would say the majority of MCR fans at least like some Fall Out Boy songs. Yeah. So I get it, but I also like, I don't know. I, I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah. Kind of. But I, I think in conclusion, like, let's have those conversations. Yes. It's good for us to have those conversations. Yeah. We don't need to tone police those conversations. Yeah. Like, be angry about that shit. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You should be angry. We can be angry. Mm-hmm. That's good. Be angry about the right thing. Be angry about the right thing. Don't yeah. make it into like a weird jealousy thing. It yeah. gets confused. I don't understand why mm-hmm. that shit's going that way. So, um, that's the podcast. <laughs> that's the podcast. That's the podcast. I got something. Happy birthday, Ray Toro. <gasps> Happy birthday, Ray Toro. Happy birthday, Ray Toro. <sighs> we're grateful for you, Ray Toro. We're, oh man. Yeah. It's Ray Toro's world and we're fucking living we're in fucking it. Living we're such Ray Toro it. bitches. Oh. During, during the tour, I was like, Frank Iero, who? Who? I don't Frank know. I don't doesn't see exist. It. I don't see him. Is there another guitarist? I don't see I him. I guess. I'm looking but... at Ray Toro. We're looking each other in the eyes. Oh. I saw a photograph today of Ray Toro with a messy bun and I had to sit down. <laughs> Destroyed. Destroyed. I know everyone's really in Frank mode on the TL right now yeah. because, you know, Frank is out and about. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And that's nice. I do like to see <laughs> images of my chemical romance members. However. Yeah, I know. All the Frank the Frank folks are having their their time in the mm-hmm. sun. And I'm sick of them having their time in the sun. I want my time. I want my time. I want my time. Where's Ray? Where's, put Ray in front of me. Anyway. Anyway, happy birthday. Happy We're normal. Birthday, <laughs> We're so normal. That's it. That's the pod. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode. Mm. We have more to say about angels. So tune in next time. Tune in next time yeah. for more angels and <laughs> illness and disability. It'll be a really fun episode. It's going to be fun. I'm yeah. excited about it. Um, yeah, so where can you find us? You can find us... You can find us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Honey This Podcast. Yes. You can find us on Tumblr at honeythispodcast.tumblr.com. You can find me at boy-zone.tumblr.com. You can find me at tasteofchaos2005.tumblr.com. I love your URL. <laughs> it's so cute. It's good. It's a good one. It's smart. <laughs> um, you can email us. You can go long form. Yeah. That's at, at honeythispodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can send us a DM. Yeah. You can slide into our messages. Yes. Y'all are good at that. You know Get in that our ask now. box. You know where it is. Yeah. It's um, always as open. Always, as always about any of this, we never want to act like the arbiters of information. About yeah, and totally. And we want to talk with you with, about all of it. So if we're wrong, if you need to call us out, call mm-hmm. us out. Please. Yeah. We want to hear it. So send it in. And that's that. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It just had the craziest yawn. It, like, it like, took had them two out. layers to it. It, it was really just bad. knocked them oh, straight no. I got out. really sleepy. But All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night. Or good morning. Or whatever time it is. Or whatever time it is. Um, good time. Good time. <laughs>